This is episode number 751 with Chris Hogan. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Dwayne Johnson said, success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come. Welcome to our episode today, all about becoming an everyday millionaire with Chris Hogan, who is a number one national best-selling author, dynamic speaker, and financial expert. And for more than a decade, Chris has served at Ramsey Solutions, spreading a message of hope to audiences across the country as a financial coach and Ramsey personality. Chris challenges and equips people to take control of their money and reach their financial goals using the Chris Hogan Show, his national TV appearances, and live events across the nation. His newest book is called Everyday Millionaires, and it's really powerful. It's Everyday Millionaire, How Ordinary People Built Extraordinary Wealth, and How You Can Too. It's based on the largest study of net worth millionaires ever conducted. I think they had over 10,000 millionaires they conducted and deconstructed the things that they did to become everyday millionaires. These are people with regular nine to five jobs who became millionaires, and he breaks down how you can do it as well. We talk about the power of the three E's educate, encourage, and empower people financially. We talk about the difference between getting rich and building wealth and why you need to know about both of them. Also, the power of building a business to make an impact and not chase money. This is important. And how to plan for financial obstacles throughout your business and life. I really enjoyed this conversation. Chris and I had a lot more in common than I realized. We've got this football background and experience and some other childhood challenges that we both faced. And there's no wonder why he's so successful today. And I really just loved his heart, loved his soul. So make sure to share this with your friends. LewisHouse.com slash 751. This is a free podcast. We look to make the biggest impact in the world as possible, but we need your support. If you're listening, just take the link on the podcast app and share this with one friend. You can text a friend, have them listen to this. It's all about becoming an everyday millionaire, and we know that most people want to earn more money. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these. But did you know that the U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut. If you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA. Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. Okay, quick math. 
The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. Big thank you again to our sponsors, and I'm so excited about this episode. So without further ado, let me dive into this one with the one, the only, Chris Hogan. Very cool, guys. Welcome to the School of Greatness. We've got Chris Hogan in the house, my man. Good to see you, see brother. You, Absolutely, I'm excited man. About, I'm excited to learn more about your story, former football player, small school, just yep. like me. Yep. Then you went to coach for a while and, bumped, and popped around <laughs> coaching. I did a little stint for like a sports camp, and then I realized after two weeks of sports training camp, I was like, this is fun. <laughs> There's no money in this. No. They would offer me like three grand. It's for the serious whole work, too. Working all yes. day, all night, yes. no life. No. And I was like, well, how am I going to make money? You know, I played professional football for a season yeah. in the arena league. Yes. Got injured. And then I was like, I was making 250 a week there. So it wasn't like I was getting rich. Right. But I was like, how am I going to build wealth after this? I had no college degree yet because I left early to go to try and play professional. Gotcha. This was in 2008 during the height of kind of like the crash. Oh, like yes. Right? So I didn't have a degree. It's 2008. I'm sleeping on my sister's couch, making <sighs> no money. And I remember thinking, I'm never going to make money. Like, I don't have skills. I'm like this dumb jock guy. Like, who's going to hire me? And how am I going to build wealth in my life? And I remember after about a year of sleeping on my sister's couch, my sister goes, I think it's time for you to start paying rent. (laughs) You got to do something with your life. Like, you've been depressed for a little bit. Now it's time to, like, do something. Or you got to move out. So she gave me the push to, like, do something. And I remember looking on Craigslist for our jobs, sports marketing jobs in Columbus, Ohio. And I applied for this job. They gave me uh, an interview, right? So I get an interview. And I'm thinking, like, this is actually a pretty cool job that I think I would do well at. Like, I enjoyed the description. I did sports marketing in school. Like, I'm into sports. Like, I think I'll do well at this. And I remember I had one sport jacket from my college. I get dressed, and I open the door to leave. And I remember I couldn't step out the door. Mm. Because I, in my crazy, confident mind, I was like, I'm going to book this job. I'm going to land this job. And for whatever reason, I was just like, and I'm not going to be happy. It's not going to be what I want. Like, I'm going to be there for a year. I'm going to chase the next thing at this career. And I'm not going to be happy. So I didn't end up going to the interview. And I said, now I need to figure out how to build wealth. Wow. And you have just written a book called Everyday Millionaires that teaches how ordinary people build extraordinary wealth and how you can do it as well. That's right. So I'm curious... I'll come back to my story later, but I'm curious to hear about your story and how you've studied 10,000 millionaires, yes. 10,000 millionaires yeah. on how they've built wealth 
And probably I'm assuming there's a lot of commonalities where people have overcome challenges, oh, yes. adversities, had to take big risks, had to they've probably lost a lot of their money at one point and had to rebuild mm-hmm. the lessons. Mm-hmm. So you've been in the financial world for 20 plus years. That's now. right. You yeah. after coaching and realizing you weren't going to make money. You went to work at a bank. bank. Okay. That's exactly right. So I started down the banking path. Now, I had wanted to go into the FBI. Okay, I had known this exactly. since seventh grade. Yeah. And so I get up, I'm meeting with an agent. I got a mentor. We're talking and hanging out. He's starting to tell me more and more about the reality of the Bureau. And it was kind of like, uh-oh, this dream I had is starting to shift on me <laughs> yeah, here yeah, a little yeah. bit. you know. And I went into the banking industry because what I wanted to do was if I could create the sports mentality and that team work attitude in a business community that I knew we could do something special. And so it started down that path, went into banking and, you know, got to the point to where I was pushing products instead of helping people. You're selling services, right? Yeah. And that's exactly right. And so I realized I wanted to help people, not necessarily promote, right? And there's nothing wrong with business, but, but I realized the push was more on the results instead of the people. Exactly. My dad was in life insurance for 30 years. Okay. So, you know, it's all based on selling policies and and products. And so I had a chance to cross path with Dave Ramsey at a charity event. So who was this? Oh gosh, this was back in 2005. So cross paths, we struck up a friendship, started talking a little bit. And after three or four meetings, he was like, why don't you come help me do this? And I'm like, Dave, you, you don't need any help, brother. You're winning. Yeah, he's you know, you're crushing. good. You're he's good. Crushing. And so, but I got a chance to see and know his heart and understood what he was trying to do. So joined the team there, started, uh, I was working with pro athletes, entertainers, and musicians. I was trying to help them understand how to control their money, yeah. right? So many of them, as you well know, will depend on their agent or their business manager. And a lot of them, guys end up getting taken advantage of. Yeah. I mean, I've spent a lot of time out here in LA. I tell you several names of people that were taken advantage of. So obviously I wanted to empower people to know what steps to take. Like and most of the athletes, well, I think the statistic is what, 80% go bankrupt or broke two years after they retire. Within two years after retirement. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. It's you like know. these guys have made a 50 to $100 million. And how do, how do you go broke, right? That's what baffles people. Yeah. And I go, well, hold on. For regular everyday people, how do we spend five and 10 grand on a credit card? You do it one swipe at a time. So these guys are doing it on another level. Yeah. So of course I made agents nervous because they didn't want me making their clients smarter, right? Mm. And then the business managers in the music world. So anyway, so all that, I started speaking and teaching. And what I wanted to do was to empower people. So my mission statement is to educate, encourage, and empower as many people as I can, whether it's on leadership or money. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing, man. It's fun. So how long did this study take? Were you <sighs> studied 10,000? This thing was a two-year project. Yeah. Um, and anytime you're trying to talk to 10,000 people, it's like herding cats. <laughs> but I wanted to talk to people all across the country because I didn't want people saying, well, you're just talking to people that know you and Dave. Yeah. Or, you know, I wanted to get people that had never heard of us. So we ended up using a research firm to dig into it. And we found them and we talked with them. And the reality is people think millionaires are trust fund babies, mm-hmm. that they inherited everything or they got lucky or hit the lottery. None of those are true. Mm-hmm. These yeah. are regular everyday men and women that have worked hard over time. Yeah. And they've been invested in 25, 28 years. And the way the book is structured, we've got the information from the study. And we've got the information I want people to know, but the stories in this book mm-hmm. uh, of people that were homeless mm. and turned it around. People that had a million dollars or more in debt and turned it around. And so, Lewis, it really goes back to a lot of the stuff you talk about. It's the mindset, right? It's the mindset. And when you get the right people with the right information, results can happen. 
Yes. We'll talk about these myths that millionaires, uh, <laughs> about millionaires. What yeah. are some of the myths uh, that the surround millionaires? Yeah. Well, I'll, we talk about six in the book, but I'll tell you two. Most people believe they inherited it all, right? You see somebody with money, you think, oh, mom or dad handed it to them. The truth is 79% of the millionaires that I talk to, first-generation wealth builders. They didn't come from anything. Right. These are people that focused and built money over time. Next myth, well, if you're a millionaire, you make a high-paying job, right? You got big, in, big income. You're, yeah, yeah. Nope. A third of the millionaires that we talked to never made six figures in a single working year. Really? Think about that for a second. Dual income, never made six figures? So that blows that myth out of the of water. People. A third of the millionaires that we talk to. Wow. Right? Now, you think about six figures nowadays, it's more prevalent than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. But, but for people, a lot of people with six-figure salaries have nothing in the bank. That, thank you. Because they just spend it all. That's exactly right. And they're using credit constantly to buy bigger things. That's right. No, no, you're absolutely right. So what happens is, is people tend to think that income is so important. And I'll tell you, no, it's not. Because I was one of those people. I remember I was making about 30 grand. Mm -hmm. And I thought, all right, when I get serious... And one year out of grad school, making 30, 40 grand. I said, all right, when I make this amount, I'll start to get serious about my money. Well, you know that path, <laughs> right? Well, when I make this amount, the next right, thing right, you know, right. lifestyle grows and you never end up taking control. But these are regular everyday people that took control and were focused. Uh, it's amazing. So let me tell you this. Yeah, yeah. Top three positions of the 10,000 millionaires we studied. Number one was engineer, well, which doesn't surprise you, right? They're good at planning. Yeah. Accountants. Organized. Yeah. Accountants, same thing. They were number two. They're good at counting stuff. Number three was teachers. Mm. Wow. Teachers. They're not making that much. Exactly. And you think they're undervalued, underpaid. How are teachers doing this? Well, if you think about what it is, wealth building is a long-term view, right? Not a quick hit. And so these get-rich-quick schemes that we see on TV at late night, they get me riled up. Because yeah. they're preying on people. But these people were people that built wealth over time, investing in their 401k, their 403bs. So anyway, the goal of this book is to let people know the American dream's not dead. Yeah. It's alive and it's well. And it's available to people. We just have to take action. Absolutely. What are some of the things that they do on a daily basis, these millionaires? What are some of the steps to take? Hmm. And how do they think differently than non-millionaires? Great. 97% of the millionaires that we studied feel that they control their own destiny. Now, think about that for a minute, because we have a victim mentality yes. issue in America today where we want to blame somebody for us not achieving something or getting in our way. So these millionaires think differently. 94% uh, of them live on less than they make. So that means if they're making yeah. 100000 they're living on seventy or eighty, right. right? You can't build wealth if you live on more than you make. That's exactly right. And that's where the credit cards people start extending themselves and using credit cards. But 73% of these millionaires never carried a dime of credit card debt. They never carry debt. Debt. Yeah. Right. They might use a card, pay it off every month. They pay it off. Yeah. And so the mindset, and I love to give people an economics and, and, and uh, a PhD in economics. Interest that you pay is a penalty, right? If I use someone else's money, they charge me. Yes. Right? That's a penalty. Interest that I earn on my investments is a reward. Yes. Right? So why choose to penalize yourself? Don't use debt. Get yourself out of debt and invest and grow your money yeah. to reward yourself. Yeah. Powerful. Yeah. Now- how have you uh, managed to, through all the stuff you've gone through, I'm assuming the last, you know, 15, 20 years, you've gone through some challenges. Hmm. You told me before off camera that you have a, a child who has special needs hmm. and was told that they wouldn't live past a certain age. You're, you know, I'm assuming you've had challenges in relationships, with business partnerships, oh, yeah. intimate relationships, family. Yeah. 
the more wealth that I've accumulated and the attention that I've gained, mm-hmm. there's more mm-hmm. people with handouts, yes. expecting, whatever it may be. How have you personally managed the emotional challenges that have come your way by not letting it affect your mindset around money so that you don't do things emotionally with your money? Right. Well, I mean, I've been there. I don't know about you, but I've made some mistakes. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, a mistake that you make one or two times, you can call it a mistake. But when you keep doing it over and over, it's not a mistake anymore. It's called a choice. Yeah. So for me, I'm very, I'm a man of faith. So obviously I'm, I'm rooted there, but I got good people around me. Yeah. I got good friends, people that have known me since my childhood, people that know me for who I am. So I'm not an author and speaker with these people. I'm just Chris. And so those people keep me rooted, yeah. right? Mama Hogan is no joke either. Okay. <laughs> She'll keep me rooted. And so I think it's really important to understand what am I trying to accomplish? Like, I don't want notoriety. I don't want to be famous. I want to be known that I help people think bigger. Right. And so staying rooted in that, it helps me to be very, very clear mm-hmm. on what I'm doing. People will come up and tell me, oh, Chris, you changed my life financially. And I go, oh, whoa, uh-uh. pump the brakes. Mm-hmm. I didn't change anything. I gave you some information. You did the changing. And so I think it's really important as 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 we help people that we stay aware of who's doing what and our role. Yeah, I think there's a there's a story about Marcus Aurelius where he would go around the town and he had someone just walk with him beside him and say, you're just a man. Every I time remember someone, that. Every time someone would praise him, be like, you're just a man. Can you imagine that? I mean, seriously. <laughs> Isn't that cool? How rooted does that keep yeah. you? Uh, John Wooden's got a quote. He says, you know, be careful of fame because fame is man-made. And if man giveth, man can taketh away. Absolutely. You know, and so being aware of that, I think is really, really important. What's the heart behind what I'm trying to do? Yeah. And so, you know, if I travel and I go speak to 10,000 people, uh, if I get one person whose eyes light up and they start thinking differently, then I've, I've done my mission. Yeah. Yeah. What's the biggest challenge you've gone through in the last 15 years? Oh. Personally, yeah. emotionally, oh. financially. Mm-hmm. Biggest challenge was definitely the diagnosis of my youngest son, Case. Mm-hmm. At age two, they diagnosed him with this rare genetic disorder that could kill him. Uh, it could take away his speech, take away the ability to walk, ability to eat, and eventually end up on a feeding tube. This was the scariest moment of my life, sitting in that doctor's office holding that two-year-old boy, wow. listening to that. And went to some dark places over a few years. Really? Um, well, you know what us men do. When we have challenges, we don't, we're not smart, as smart as women. Yeah, we don't women, share. women we don't, go share. Yeah, we don't share. Men don't share. Yeah. We isolate. Yeah. And then we internalize and then we stuff, right? And so you can imagine working through something like that, the isolate. Carry. It messes with you. It does. It messes with you. It does. Um, and uh, that, that, was, uh, that was the biggest challenge I've walked through in the last 15 years. How did you get through that initial few years of stuffing or pain? I just stuffed. I didn't do what I should have done. Isn't it amazing how hindsight's twenty twenty? Mm-hmm. I wish I would have sought out those close friends, and they they would check on me. And you what, what would I I'm what good. would I say? I'm good. I'm, good. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm all right. And I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And so that was a learning lesson for me that that isolating is dangerous. It's good to reach out and get help. It's good to have people you can be real with. And it, it, I came to this realization: we need four people in our lives. You need a mentor. This is somebody that's having some success and can guide you. You need a coach who will push you, mm-hmm. right? You and I know work yes. coach means something to us, yes. right? Because they will get on you. They will drive you because what's the goal to try to help you to get better? Mm-hmm. But you need two more. You need a cheerleader. You need somebody that believes in you. They're not worried about what you achieve. They believe in you. 
And that's important to have. And then you need a friend. You need somebody you can be real with, that you can just say what's on your head. They're not holding it against you. You can be honest. So if you get a mentor, a coach, a cheerleader, and a friend in your side, that's awesome. But I want to encourage people to do this. Not only find those four, you need to be one of those four for someone else. You need to be four of those things. Is that what you're saying? You need that's to be, right. You need to be a mentor. Yes. You need to be a coach. Yes. A friend. Yes. And a cheerleader. Absolutely. For someone else. For somebody. And when you do that, now what it does is it takes the focus off of you. One of the things you and I have in common is I firmly believe that if you've ever walked through a mess in your life, that it qualifies you to be a messenger. It does. When you've gone through some stuff. you've gone through, through some, stuff, some stuff, you learn. That's right. And if you're willing enough to be transparent to share it, and you're not worried about people's opinions, the impact you can have on someone else to give them the courage to try yeah. or to reach out and talk, that's a big deal, man. This life is hard. It's not meant to be done alone. Yeah. Wow. Who is your mentor, coach, cheerleader, and friend? Oh, yeah. Well, mentor is obviously Dave Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, this man has been an incredible mentor for me, just guiding me. And then over the 13 years of being with him, my coaches, man, I've got a lot. Yeah. I've got I've got some people with are with walking with me spiritually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got people that are walking me from a business perspective. Um, I'm constantly reaching out to learn. I'm like a sponge yeah. all the time. That's big cheerleader, uh, Mama Hogan. Yeah, I mean that that's my that's my number one fan right there. She's behind me. Uh, I've got all kinds of family, uncles, and everybody. They're just sure. for me. Friends, I got amazing friends, yeah. childhood friends, people at the office, uh, people that care about me as an individual, not just what I do. Uh, they know me. Not the book. No, no, no. They'll call me out. Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll call me out. I got a call from a buddy the other day. He goes, dude, how's the road? He goes, you keeping your head clear? Yeah. You staying focused? And he said, don't believe the hype. That's right. And so what he's telling me is, is hey, keep helping people. Keep your heart in the right place, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's good to have those accountability people to check in with you. Yeah, absolutely. And it just keeps your heart in the right place. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is your biggest um, insecurity fear or challenge right now. You've been through different phases of your life and as you grow and expand, I'm assuming there's new challenges that you overcome and then Mm. new stuff that maybe you haven't overcome yet. Right. I think my my biggest fear is, am I doing everything that I could be doing? Mm. Right. I've got three boys. Uh, They're hilarious. 14, (laughs) 13, and 11. These boys are my legacy. I grew up with a single mom. Mm. So my dad wasn't around. Uh, he came around with birthdays and holidays or whatever, but it wasn't there. So when I had started getting ready to have kids, my goal was to try to be the dad that I wish I would have had. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually, I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And so that puts some weight on you. Uh, but I was hanging out with my boys and we were, we were somewhere and I saw a poster of a little boy at a bus stop with a duffel bag, right? And he was just sitting at a bus stop and I can't even remember what was under it. But I saw that little boy and I thought of me right? Like waiting. And then I realized, man, oh man, in my own life, like, you know, somebody somewhere is waiting on me to become what I was destined to be. And so if they're waiting on me to become who I was supposed to be, to impact their life, how long am I going to make them wait? Mm. You know? And so what that means is, is that I need to do everything I'm capable of doing and some things some people say I can't do just to be able to help that person somewhere that's waiting to hear an encouraging word or or something to impact their life. Yeah. So that's that's something that that drives me every day. Yeah. Yeah. What is it that people say you can't do? Oh man. I've had people tell me I couldn't write a book. Mm-hmm. You know, my first book came out in 2016, Retire Inspired. And I told a good buddy of mine. I told him I was working on a book. Was, he goes, man, you can't write a book. Really? Yeah, we were in church, right? I wanted to punch him in the eye. Can't, you can't hit people. You can't hit people in church. I got a feeling that's a sin, right? Somewhere. Uh, but 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 then later on, when I did when I finished the book and at the book signing in town, he was one of the people there, and I realized something. What initially he said was that I can't write a book. What he was saying was it's not something he's ever thought about doing. And it's not something that he could do. It's his beliefs. That was him, right? And so for me, that was a grow-up moment. He wasn't putting a limitation on me. He was speaking his own limitation, wow. right? And so I, I just remember that, and I go, oh, no, limitations. And so that's where I said, I'll accept compliments from anyone, but I ain't accepting limitations from nobody, right? And that's anywhere in my life. You don't get to put a limit on me. That's what I love about, you know, Dr. Martin Luther King. The fact that he had the courage to have a dream, but the courage to share it, mm-hmm. you know, that's something I want us all to have that mindset of. Stop thinking about what people say you can't do. You know, I mean, opinions are like yesterday's. Everybody's got them. What are you deciding in your heart to go do? Mm-hmm. Now start to go do that. Well, wow, man. So what do you do now um, in terms of your own wealth? How are you? You've probably learned a lot again over the last 20 mm. years from the banking world, yes. like selling services. You learned a certain amount to get to a, to one level. And then you realize like, oh, some things work well and some things don't work well. 
and then you go back to another level of your wealth. Mm. And then you realize, okay, now I've got more wealth. Some things work and some things don't work. And you keep, I'm assuming, expanding. And yes. I'm building my wealth. I realize, wow, there's always something to learn. That's exactly right. There's always stuff. Now there's taxes. Now, mm-hmm. now I've got to learn how to invest my money. Now mm-hmm. I've got to learn what's the right places and all right. these things. So what's the phase you're at right now? And what are the biggest lessons you've learned in the last couple of years? Okay, so the phase I'm at right now is obviously continued growth, right? Because with inflation, costs are going to go up. So you can't hide money in a, in a cookie jar and just put it in the ground. It's got to grow. So with me, I'm always looking, but I'm, I'm understanding risk more. You know, uh, this these latest crazes that come out, I just cringe. The, uh, you know, cryptocurrency, crazy, right? right? Bitcoin, yeah. right? Now there's this thing out there. It's not even real. That's been given a value by somebody that's not regulated, yeah. right? And so when you look at this, you would laugh at that. But we've had people seriously pursue that. Day trading years ago was a big thing. So for me, what I'm doing is I'm trying to be smart with what I do, but I need to be crystal clear on what not to do. Meaning I don't, I don't want to take unnecessary risks. What are the things right? that are non-negotiable you won't do? I'm not doing debt. I am not doing that. So what's that, I don't, what's that mean for people? That means I don't borrow money. I'm not looking to 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 borrow money to leverage, uh, borrowing money from my home to put invest. No leverage schemes. Uh, I don't borrow at all, and I'm crystal clear on what it is I'm doing. Meaning the longer range view. Uh, Lewis, what I started doing years ago was I started making two-year decisions. I wanted to make a decision today that I look back on in two years, and I'm glad that I made it. Mm-hmm. Now, imagine what the, are some of those decisions. Oh, gosh. Well, I mean, staying allergic to debt. I mean, I have people come to me all the time with business opportunities. They're like, Hogan, listen, if you put in this amount, we're going to do boom, 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 boom. You know, and, and, and in looking at that, I have to be smart enough to say no, right? That it, if it looks too good to be true. We know it is, uh, yeah. right? But I think it's more about making the, I think I've made more money by not doing things than I would have by going down a path. And did you invest in certain things early on where you're like, yeah, that seems like fun and interesting. And you're like, I never got my money. Oh yeah, no, I learned my lesson. I've invested, I think, oh. uh, eight startups mm-hmm. over the last eight years. Mm-hmm. And guess how much money I've made. How much, Louis? Zero. <laughs> how much did you invest? Give me a Luckily, ballpark. No, uh, probably not, probably loud. 250 to 300 grand. Okay, okay. Well, All right. not that That's not me, as bad. I wasn't going like big. On right. It. I was like, let me just dabble. Yes. Let me just get in the game, play with it. That's right. It's okay if I lose it. Right. I, I met the mindset like, I'm gambling. Right. Well, and that's exactly what I did. But I here's it. Learn. And you know like, what? You paid a dollar amount, but you learned some stuff. I learned some stuff. You know what you're not going to do exactly. ever again. Exactly. And see, to me, that's valuable. Yeah. Uh, because obviously, as things grow and profiles grow, mm-hmm. the risks grow. Yeah. You know, the bigger things come. So I just want people to take, uh, that's why my website's chrishogan360.com. I want people to take a 360-degree look at a lot of the things they're doing, their business, their life. Like, look at this and make decisions about what you want. Like, I'm crystal clear on what I want, but I'm absolutely certain of what I don't want. I don't want failure. I don't want negative attitudes around me, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm impacting people. Yeah. yeah. Powerful. So you don't borrow debt. Nope. So what's that mean? It says you can't start something unless you use sweat equity, unless you have the money. Pay cash. Pay cash. Pay cash. Yeah. So that means for real estate, right? If there's a property that I want to buy, I don't go to a bank. You don't get a loan out. Nope. I save up yeah. and pay. Now, what does that make me do? It makes me have patience. That yeah. means I'm not don't letting. Get everything you want now. That's exactly. Well, and that's, thank God, you have kids yet. No kids. Okay. So, oh, you you got freedom and money. Okay. All right. I'm sending one of my boys to live with you. Exactly. Uh, but kids want what they want, and they want uh, it now. Yes, you do. Right? Give it to me now. Right. Dad. And yeah. so if as adults we do that, that's dangerous. 
That's why the average credit card debt right now is 15 grand. People have 45,000 in student loans, car payments of $600 or more a month. So for me, I look at debt as a thing that limits me from doing what I want to do, not getting me there faster. Mm. Now I'm old school and I did my stupid. I did single stocks. I I did all those things and I lost a lot of money. But looking at it, what I was trying to do was to get rich instead of build wealth. Mm. Right. And there's a difference between getting rich and building. That's right. What's the difference between getting rich and getting Getting rich is where you want to quickly get money. Right. And these are the lottery winners that I've talked to. They got money in really, really quick, but they also lost it really, really quick. So building wealth is a long term view, meaning you can have some fun and enjoy some stuff, but don't get so focused in the enjoying that you forget to plan for the future. Mm -hmm. Right. What's the, the YOLO? That's the hipster phrase. You only live once. Well, in my mind, if you have that mentality and you believe that. You broke for a long time. That's right. Because you're doing everything for today. So anyway, I want people to have just awareness. Like you can have some fun today, but let's also make sure we're doing some things. Using the 401ks, using SEPs if you're self-employed. Put some money aside so it can start to grow for you. Uh, Talking to these millionaires, the number one thing they said that caused them to build wealth was employer-sponsored retirement plans. 401ks, 403bs, and Roth IRAs. So people out there that are self-employed, the SEPs, solo 401ks, you've got ways to be able to invest. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want people to do. And so wealth building is a long-term view. Getting rich is a quick hit. I don't want a quick hit. Yeah. What else can you do to invest your money besides, say you max out all your IRAs Mm -hmm. and everything. What else can what else do you personally do or advise people do to to invest? Well, you can also people typically think, okay, well, I can only invest in my 401k, right? No, you can invest outside of retirement plans for the future. Uh, for example, I talked in my book Retire Inspired, I talked about I want to retire by age 54, right? And so, you know, and looking at that. And so what does that mean? Because a lot of people think retirement's an age. Right. Like at age 65, I can retire and I go, well, the government's not going to take care of you. Right. The average right. Social Security payouts around 13,000. Can you really live a dream a on 1300 a month? Oh, yeah, 1300 a month, month. 13,000 a year, 1300 a month. Yeah. Now, it depends on what you pay into it. But people were thinking the government was just going to take care of them. And you and I know better. And so I wanted people to wake up and look at that. So the mindset around investing is to grow your money. Time and compound interest help you grow money. Put some aside each and every month and be consistent. You can still have fun and do some stuff, but just don't go all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else are you investing in personally? I'm, right now, for me, I do uh, growth stock mutual funds, mm-hmm. which essentially what that is, is instead of going a single stock, which is going all in on one thing, uh, growth stock mutual funds allow me to invest in multiple different things. So I'm diversified. And all diversification is a spreading out stuff. Yeah. I don't want to put all my eggs in one basket, mm-hmm. right? So growth stock mutual funds are a big deal for me. Uh, real estate with cash is a big deal for me. So you got to wait a while so, to get real estate then. You oh, gotta, yes. you got to save your money. And then you put it down. That's right. You see, you're 100% down to cash? 100%. Or do you put like half down? 100% down. If I'm looking wow. to invest, right? So you're right. It is slower. But yeah. guess what? There's no risk. For example, you pay cash for it and you have it with the economy 2008 goes down or goes up. I, if I'm renting it, I need to have good renters. Yeah, you don't right? lose it. I don't have a payment I'm making every month. What I don't want are people in control of me, right? I don't, I don't want people, I don't want to have to go work to chase money. I want to work to impact people. And if I'm working to impact people and I don't have debt in my life, then what I have to make is really small. Utilities, food, mm-hmm. right? It, it, it changes things. Yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, imagine the world we'd have if we had people that were out of debt and they were able to do the things they believed in. Be incredible. Oh, 
I mean, there's not a charity out there that would be underfunded, right? right? Single moms, big brothers, big sisters, any of these things out there, they would have the money to do what's needed. So I want America to wake up and look at it, learn how to count. They taught me in kindergarten, one plus one equals two, right? When you get older and you start to factor in debt, they try to tell you one plus one equals three, Mm. right? And so what we have to do is go back to basics. Remember how to count and stay true to yourself. Wow. Hmm. What do you think is going to be the biggest challenge for people right now, this time in our time, in getting out of debt? Mm. Because we are in the gratification now. Yeah. I, I want everything. I see everyone else on social media posting all this, the cool stuff they're doing. How hard is it going to be for people to change their mindset to say, I have to slow down? Mm. It's going to be a big— I compare myself to— That's everything. right. Well, you hit on a couple things there. Yeah. That's going to be a big undertaking because we're the most marketed to country on the planet. Right, with, we have with, with media messages constant, right? Everywhere. And we're we've had this appetite for debt. We've got one point five trillion dollars in student loan debt, one trillion dollars in credit card debt, right? Wow. Five hundred billion in car loan debt. Like, think about this: five hundred billion, five hundred billion. This past holiday season, people spent eight hundred and fifty-nine billion dollars in debt for the holiday On season. Credit card. Yeah. No way. Yeah. So now this time of year is where people are opening it up and they're starting to wake up to see it, right? So I think people need to understand that debt keeps you hostage. It's a thief. It steals from you. It takes from you now, but it also prevents you from investing and growing it later. And so- the, If you get student loan debt, let's say you have 100 oh, grand of student loan debt, yeah. and you pay it over 20, 30 years, you're paying 200 grand back, right? Oh, you're, you're paying double- that, it's not 100 grand anymore. Because we talked about it. Interest that you pay is a penalty. Yeah. That's right. So I'm wanting people to wake up and look at it. You know, and I, I'm telling you, people are doing it. Uh, I had a couple that was at the book signing here when I was in L.A., and they told me they paid off $200,000 in student loan debt, right, over six years. 200000 That's amazing. And I said, what did you do? They were like, oh, we, we cut back lifestyle. Everything. Yeah. They go out to eat once a week. Right. They got serious. Uh, they stayed in an apartment instead of going out and buying a home. And they said, our goal was to get that out of our lives. And I said, you know what you did? When you got out of debt, you gave yourself a raise. Because now that money doesn't have to leave you every month. Right. It can stay with you. So I think people are waking up to it and they're seeing it. And uh, I'm just out trying to spread the message. How do we get people to become allergic to debt? Because huh? that's what you do. I do. So how do we... How do you get people to think that way when they're yeah. so conditioned their whole life that, oh, I can just get a credit card, just right. a loan, I can do this and pay it later? How do we flip the script? I, I think it boils down to knowledge, telling people, explaining it, me being clear about my own mistakes financially, Dave being clear about his own mistakes financially. People have to get to their point that they wake up. Now, this is typically what happens. I'm getting younger people that wake up to it as they start to get engaged or get ready to get married. But the next opening, eye-opening event is when they have kids. When you start to have kids and you got this little person that this, that's dependent upon you, now you start to reassess things. And so I want people to know that you got to look at it. you got to make a decision for yourself. Do you want to keep making the credit card company wealthy or do you want to build wealth for you and your family? Snap. Right. That's really what it boils down yeah. to. Do you, think, do you think people, when they have their first kid, they become more financially aware or do they start going into more debt? <laughs> I think there's a wave. Now, let me help you out because you don't have kids yet. So let me tell Let's you, tell right? When you first have them, you're going to get so serious and so focused. But then what will happen is instead of spending on you, 
the tendency now is to spend on the child, mm -hmm. right? Like I'm amazed. I was in a shoe store out in New York and they had these uh, little fancy designer kids shoes, tennis yes. shoes. Listen to me, $110. For baby shoes yeah. that are gonna grow out of in three months. They don't walk. This is <laughs> to hold a child wearing this fancy shoe. Oh and I thought, see, this is, that's a cultural thing wow. because you want your baby to look good and go, no, no, your baby needs to be loved. Yeah. Right. So I, I want parents to prepare for themselves. Uh, my greatest fear is that if I don't take care of myself financially, I end up becoming a burden to my children later in life because wow. they're going to have to take care of me. You know, I feel very grateful for my father because he would always teach, you know, saving and investing and things like that. He was life insurance for a long time. Mm -hmm. I have multiple life insurance policies out of myself. Right. Because of that, because I <laughs> before even. I'm not in a relationship right now, uh, just got out of one, but I was always preparing. Even the last 10 years, I was just like preparing for my future. I was like, I want to have enough money that when I have a family, when I get married, when I have kids, like I'm not stressing about it. That's right. Not everyone has that luxury. Right. They might have kids when they're 20. That's whatever, right. But I've making, made the choice that I'm not going to have the family until I feel like, man, you know, whenever it comes, whenever it's ready, I'll be prepared. So I don't need to make bad decisions based on debt. I want to have so much in abundance and and take my lifestyle back mm -hmm. in my 20s, my 30s. And that way I'm saving so much and investing so much. And I feel in my, my life insurance uh, mentor was like, everyone comes to me at 40 and says they wish they would invest it yes. more at 25, more at 30, more at 35. Right. And they wait too long. Yes. And that's why I'm constantly just automatically taking payments out every single month. See, that's good. That are almost uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Like, man, that's a big chunk of money every month that right. I put into savings. That's right. Or into investments, I right. say. And luckily, I can afford that because I'm, you know, a single guy and my that's business right. is doing well. But even my friends who are making as much or more than me aren't doing that. And it scares me. Oh, it should. I mean, because here's the deal. To grow money, it means you need time and compound interest, yes. right? And so the fact that you're putting that aside is saying you're mature enough to know what you want later, yes. right? And I think that's the difference between adults and children. Children want what they want now. Adults have to be smart enough to go, I'm going to do some stuff. I'm going to enjoy some stuff. But I know down the road, I'm going to want to do some stuff too. And it's going to yes. cost more. So I need to invest. So I encourage people, set up automatic investing coming out of your 401k, your 403b, or even if you're self-employed, your SEP or whatever it is, make it happen automatically that way. Because here's the deal. Your investments become your paycheck later. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Like if we're working right now and you get you do a job, you get paid. The reason you're investing is to replace your paycheck. So you can go do what you want to do. You can travel or whatever. And you've got this money that you can draw from to take care of your family. So I want young people to get started early. I want people that are in the middle of life with kids to stay consistent and control lifestyle. And even if you're older and you feel like it's too late, it ain't ever too late. If you've got breath in your lungs, you've got an opportunity to make some changes today. Absolutely. Let's not waste another minute. Let's get intentional. Reach out to somebody that has knowledge you don't have yeah. and get guidance. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about knowledge, what type of education do you think people should be looking for right now? Should they be, if uh, someone's a teenager, should they be going to college in your mind? Who should and shouldn't be going to college? Right. Uh, are there other alternative ways that you think, and should it be going to college and taking on 300 grand in debt? Right. Should you save up your whole life and then spend it all up front, quarter by quarter? 
should you work 50 hours a week and right. have a life in college? You know, what should you do? <laughs> That's a lot, man. I think first and foremost, college, I believe in higher education. I got multiple degrees myself, but I don't like student loan debt. And so I, I would rather someone go to community college, mm. for two years. live at home, knock out the prerequisites yeah. for $200 a class, then transfer to a four-year institution and graduate in two years. You can work and go to school at night, right? You can work, uh, uh, go to school during the day, work at night, whatever it is, you've got an opportunity. There's scholarships and grants, yeah. make decisions. You still get the degree from the credible college. That's which right. Is kind of irrelevant now, it seems like, where you went to school. Maybe if you want to get a specific job, maybe right. the networking. But if you spend two years somewhere else and you still graduate, you get a diploma. You still get the degree. That's right. Now, here's the thing. I'm not saying that college is for everybody, right? right? There are trade schools out there. I mean, one of my mentors was a plumber, a 30-year plumber out of Kentucky. He taught me a lot, you know, so I'm not saying everyone needs to go to school, but I would rather people go into it with their eyes wide open. Mm -hmm. I don't like parents co-signing on loans because that just means you're guaranteeing if little Jimmy doesn't make the payment, you are, you know, and that's rough. That's hard. But talking, speaking of the fancy schools, Back to the study, 62% of the millionaires that I studied went to public state universities. Mm-hmm. 62%. 8% went to community college. 9% didn't go to college at all. Really? Right? So education is not a factor for you to be able to build wealth. You have an opportunity. Yeah. And so I want people, you know, that to well, know. The choices you make every single day with your money. It's choices we make every single day around anything, right? That's what leads us down that path. But I think we get tripped up when obstacles pop up. Like I had an opportunity to do a speaking gig, a special forces group. I won't say the name because I'm scared they'll drop through the ceiling (laughs) and get me. But they were talking to me about how they have to pack their own parachute. But they said something to me. I had lunch with them. This is an amazing time. They said they plan for obstacles throughout their mission. They plan for them. They prepare for them. So that means when something pops up that was out of the norm, they've already talked about it or walked through it. And I love that mentality. I love that mentality that in life, we're all going to have some obstacles. You're going to have some stuff pop up that you didn't plan. But how do we handle it, right? What do we do? What do we go back to? That's our foundation that allows us. And I've got a phrase. I'm going to go under it, over it, or through it. The obstacle doesn't get me to stop. But I think obstacles are there for a reason. Because for the people that aren't serious, obstacles make you stop. For the people that are focused, obstacles get you fired up. So which one are you? And that's what we get to decide about in our lives. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this. Assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third-generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake calipers. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly. 
or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game, or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So when there's an obstacle in your life, how do you approach it? If it's yes. something that scares you or mm-hmm. something that's challenging or life-threatening or financially threatening or right. relationship-threatening, how do you handle it? First thing I've learned to do is gear down because I'm a type A personality. My first instinct is to run toward it. Yes. No, no. I want to be smart now. Mm-hmm. So I gear down, I pull back, and I look, and I want to identify my options. How could I handle this? So you right? don't react really quickly. You can't. I don't think, I think, yeah, yeah, you really are. So I think when you slow down and you pull back, it gives you a chance to kind of look at it. And remember what I said, I want to make two-year decisions. I want to decide something today that I look back on in two years and I'm glad how I handled it, right? So it allows me to kind of reassess 360 degrees, determine my options, and then I go, okay, what's the path I'm going to take? So the obstacle doesn't get to dictate how I respond. I have to stay in control of me at all times, no matter what everybody else is doing no matter how they're responding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a critical thing for us to remember as humans. We control three things, our attitude, our outlook, and our responses. If we stay in control of those, we stay in control of our life. Mm. Is there anything that's happened recently or in the last few years where there's been an attack on you, where someone's tried to take you down, mm. or you just want to take the football mentality, yes. I'm going to destroy you, Yes, and then you took a pause and you, mm-hmm. you do this. You oh, well, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously via social media, yeah. right? I mean, you've got critics out there. All the time. Right? And so with whether it's book reviews or something, Hogan is a one percenter or all of this. And, you know, he's just trying to sell this and all that. I know my heart. I'm trying to help yeah. people. So what I've learned to do is this. Critics math is an important thing. What I mean by that is, and you write books, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. You don't look at reviews. You ain't got time for that because yeah. you can read 200 great reviews and one negative, and one. read one negative. And which one do we walk away with? The, the negative. Exactly. Why is that? Right. And it's the mindset around it. And I think when what you're doing matters and you care about people, anybody saying something counter to what's real, um, it's it's that's the reality. Now I know online people get all kinds of electronic muscles meaning they feel tough, right? They'll say things online they would never say face-to-face. But the reality is, is that I, I can't be worried about that. Meaning I'm so busy doing what I'm supposed to be doing that I can't worry about that, right? I can't. And so when you put something in your rearview mirror, you can glance at it, but I'm going to focus forward, yeah. right? The windshield is bigger than the rearview mirror. Absolutely. So I let it go. It's okay. It's all right. I know. The people that know me know me, right? And those that don't, don't. And it's okay, but I'm, you know, I'm I'm not worried about people's opinions. Yeah, uh, have you learned uh, that lesson from uh, from Dave, or has he? Because I'm sure he gets millions of people that love him, yes. and then there's probably people that are attacking yeah. him daily. Right? No, he's as a mentor, he walked me through that. You know, and he was like, "Look, you got to be focused. You got to know." And he'll actually read hate mail no in way. our staff meeting. 
Oh, really? Oh, in front of everybody. He'll go, all right, got a letter and got to share this with you guys. And he'll read it, right? And and I, I love that he does that because it means he's clear enough on what he's trying to accomplish that this doesn't phase him, right? I'm not, how can one or two or five negative voices outweigh hundreds of thousands of positive? So we just, ha- we have to be grown up enough to, to go, can't be worried about that. Wow. Yeah. And here's my other opinion. If you're doing something 100%, you're going to offend some people. You're going you're going to upset some people, yeah. right? So if you're not, are you going 100%? Like if you don't have some people hating, you know, and there's a drink out there for haters, it's called haterade, yeah. right? If they're not if you're not doing some things and and frustrating some people, then you may not be doing it hard enough. Right. I mean, and it's okay. So expect it right? Expect criticism. But out of criticism, you get an opportunity to reaffirm and recommit to what you're really serious about doing. And it also helps you to grow up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are some other things that these millionaires, and these are the millionaires that are like, you know, on the reviews in the back, they're making 1.5 million net worth, 1 million net worth. We're not talking about hundreds of millions. We're talking about the everyday individuals. That's right. In America. That's right. Who got a million, two, three million bucks. Mm -hmm. Right? So this isn't like, the richest of the rich. No. But it's showing you, like, you can get to that level if you make the right choices, right decisions consistently over time. That's right. You can get there. You really can. You don't need to make a million dollars a year to no, get there. No, no. And I'm glad you said that because people, when they hear millionaire, they think that. Somebody's making a million a year. No, not at all. These are regular, everyday people. So what they did was is they invested consistently over time. And I've got a free tool at my website, the net worth calculator, to help people kind of understand where are you right now. So net worth equals takes what you own minus what you owe. Mm. So what you own, your house, if it's paid off, or the equity, your cars, your bank accounts, your 401ks, add that up and subtract out anything you have debt on. Mm. And so if that end number is a million dollars or more, then you're an everyday millionaire. So I want people to know it's possible. 89% of these millionaires had a net worth between one and $5 million, but they're working regular jobs. They're managers in business. They're accountants, teachers. So I don't want people to think that this is not something that's possible for them. I met Condoleezza Rice last May at a leadership event that we were all doing. Uh, one of the smartest women I've, people I've ever met. She speaks three languages and, you know, her purse was smarter than me, you know. Uh, but she said something growing up in Alabama in the 50s. She said that she was reminded of a few things by her parents. Because you can imagine her growing up in Alabama. She was called everything but her name. Of course. Right? But she said her parents reminded her constantly that, Condi, it's not a matter of where you come from. What matters is where you're going. Right. And so for people that are out there that were grew up in the wrong side of the tracks or weren't born into a family that had silver spoons or a single mom at or- single mom, it doesn't mean you're done. That's your start point. You've got an opportunity to write your legacy and write your story, your effort and your focus over time. Don't listen to people tell you what you can't do. Find those people that believe in you. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and protect those people. And, and it's really important for our inner circle to be a circle that's been properly vetted. Absolutely. Right. Everybody can't have access to the inner circle. So get people around you that believe in you and that and that you can believe in them. And let's move, man. Yeah. We got things. This is the greatest country on the planet, in my opinion. You can have a business idea and start it today. Now. Right. A couple hundred bucks. You don't need you don't need permission. You don't need anybody's approval. You can start it today. So I want to encourage people to chase that American dream because it's available. I also think that sometimes growing up through adversity is an advantage for you because it makes you say, I don't want this life anymore. What do I need to do to get out of it? What's the changes I need to make? Whereas when you grow up in a 
perfect situation where money's given to you. Yes. You don't have to think that way. You're just like, oh, this is the normal. This yeah. is expected. So you didn't have a silver spoon? No. Oh, <laughs> yeah. me neither. Yeah, exactly. Me neither. And I think that's one of those things that drives certain people. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. like you don't take things for granted no. when you've worked hard for it, Absolutely. you see it differently and you appreciate it. Right. I tell people this, the, these millionaires were also givers. 70% of them set aside money every month to give. Right. And I think that's an important thing for people to understand. I want people to build wealth, to be able to give to things that they believe in causes. Right. How much do they uh, give away, sir? How much a month? Do they give? Well, they're just 70% of them give. Yeah. Give, so they're giving. So they're, they're giving 15% or more. Right. But I've got this phrase that I tell people that, that when you're, when you're grateful for things, when you understand that the, you've had opportunities or you've overcome some stuff, I tell them it's hard to be hateful when you're grateful. Right. And that spirit of gratitude, I think, is what drives people that are driven to want to do more, want to impact other people's lives. You know, I was a big proponent of Zig Ziglar growing up and listening to him and his positive message. So we have to be careful what we tell ourselves. I know internally I've told myself some mean stuff yeah. and nobody else knows it. Right. And I think that inner voice, if it's not telling you some positive stuff, we need to mute that voice and play something different. Yeah. Right. You need to tell you that you can do it. And if we allow that negative voice to play too long in our heads, we can get defeated before we ever get to the start line, mm -hmm. right? And I don't want to do that. The world's going to try to tell you what you can't do. Please, please, don't you be telling you what you can't do. You've got to be all four of those things to yourself. For yourself. That's exactly You've right. You've got to be a mentor, a yes. coach, a cheerleader, and a friend. And be your own friend. That's it. Right? If you are your worst enemy internally, there's no way you can succeed. If you're constantly negative towards yourself. Yeah. Constantly saying you're not good enough. No. Or believing the negative energy that's coming your way. Yeah. Well, and the dangerous thing is, is people don't know that you're telling yourself that. Yeah. Like nobody can help you unless you have the courage to reach out. And so I just want people, listen, if you need help in an area, go talk to somebody. Please don't think, you know, America, we've got these tough guy movies out there where you're supposed to just grin and bear it and get through it. Please. You know, my oldest son, he was, uh, he was riding a skateboard and he fell off. He skinned his knee. He was about nine at the time. And he was over. He was like, ah, ah. I go, what's wrong, dude? He goes, dad, it hurts. And I said, well, why are you making that face? He goes, I'm trying not to cry. I go, well, why? He goes, tough guys don't cry. I go, that's a lie. I go, no, no, no. If it hurts, cry. You see, I think we got too many emotional repressed people that we think it's not cool to cry. Yeah. If you hurt, cry. Like, let that out, but also get people around you that believe in you. Challenges are coming. They'll knock you down. It's a matter of who do you have with you that's going to help lift you up. You know, and I think I, I, that's what I want more for people out there. Wow. It's inspiring, man. Do you recommend that people, when they're working a nine-to-five job or just a normal job, that they get a side hustle? Hmm. That they pick up some extra work on the side somewhere so they're, they're, they can save more, so yeah. they can invest more? Do you think that people should be thinking that way? or what's your thoughts? Well, I think this. If you, I don't, I'm never allergic to work. Like, you can ask anybody on my team. You know, they're like, dude, you are wired up. Well, number one, I believe in what I'm doing, and I'm wanting to help people. But if you're somebody, you've got debt, and you're like, all right, I'm tired of this debt. I go, okay, take on an extra job and direct every dime of that money toward the debt. Or if you've got somebody that's saying, Chris, I want to I want to buy this investment property, right? And I go, well, how much is it? All right, well, take on a side job and devote that money to saving up for it. Right. So I don't think there's anything wrong with sacrifice. See, I think that's one of the things that's wrong in our world today. We're good at dreaming, right? Not and we can be hard. 
exactly. working hard yeah. and the sacrifice. See, yeah. nobody tells you that with goal setting. You know, I've been eating healthier, right? Mm-hmm. I've, I'm down probably about 40 pounds right mm-hmm. now. And uh, I've been eating a lot of salad, Lewis. Yeah. Okay. Salad. It's hard work and sacrifice. Salad's not food. Salad's supposed to come with the food, right? <laughs> come on, man. But but in doing that, what do you do? You got to give up some things to get some better things, yeah, right? And so the minds, I don't have a problem with anybody that's wanting to do a side hustle to make extra money. Just be intentional with it and be careful not to allow that season to become your life. Mm-hmm. Meaning there's a lot of people out there that are working jobs they don't love, right? And they have this idea of starting a business or starting something. Start small. Let your part-time job be that I'm going to grow this business, right? You don't need to go rent 10,000 square feet and get a big sign and hire 42 people. No. Oh, yeah. No. Slow down. Be aware, right? But just it's okay to go slow. I believe in crockpots, not microwaves, right? Microwaves zap things and just get it done. And it doesn't taste really good. Crockpots? Oh, dude. There's flavor in them bad boys, right? And it's a matter. I think that's an approach to life. Yeah. Yes. That's good. What is your thoughts on uh, starting a business and taking investor money? I don't like it. And the reason why is, is that it's debt. Because if I take on someone else's money, I got to make a payment at some point, whether it's an angel investor that three, five, 10 years out, there's that obligation in the back of your mind. And I know a lot of people do it. It's just not a way I would prefer. I'd rather start small. I've never taken money. Right. I'd rather start small and then grow it myself and be able to be able to make decisions. I don't want other people making decisions for me. Mm-hmm. And and so that's something I caution on. I talk about here in the book with partnerships. There are four D's mm-hmm. to partnerships that yeah. you have to be aware of, right? And these four D's are dangerous to partnerships. Divorce, death, drugs, and debt. Mm-hmm. Those four things. Now imagine, let's say you and I go into business together, right? Which wouldn't be a bad idea. We're smart people. Yeah. But let's say that, you know, you get married and, and you're married to somebody that ends up being crazy, Right? Yeah. No, I'm just hypothetical. No, yeah, hypothetical. Yeah, no. yeah. And so you and I in business, you and I are plump, we're rolling. We're doing things. We're, we're on track. But now all of a sudden, south, that's right. And it starts to take the energy and this and that. And, and then not only that, but now divorce. she wants her money out of the, the business. business. Now you, you and I are impacted, right? Our relationship is affected. So it would be different than if you started the company. And we were like, hey, dude, we've got this vision. And you were like, Hogan, we can do this, this, and this. I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm a smart businessman. I've got a business entity over here. You've got one over there. Why don't you start the business? And I'll work with you in the business. So you're the owner, but we'll share profits, Mm -hmm. right? So now what we've done is we've protected the business from those four Ds. And we're both sharing in profit. Now, this requires maturity, right? Humility and awareness, if I'm not, if we're not worried about who's getting the credit or who's the president or CEO, and we're worried about growing this thing and impacting people, this model will make sense, yeah. right? Yeah. If we're not mature or we're worried about who's getting the credit, then you and I are going to be battling over well, who's the front man and who's all this. So anyway, with partnerships, the, that's some of my cautionary tales mm-hmm. for people. So go into it with your eyes wide open. What about someone who's saved and invested a lot of money of their own? What are your thoughts on it when they get married? Should they create a, a prenuptial agreement to protect their entire life's right. work? Or just blind faith, this is going to work out in the end, everything's going to be good, trust the process, this right. is till death do our best part. Right. Um, you know. It, it, okay. Now, I've had to go down this path with some business people, athletes, entertainers. Here's my thought. If the wealth was built prior to this relationship, right? 
then a prenup can make sense, mm-hmm. all right? But if you got married and you built it, then now it's not something that really will make sense. So it really goes back to being very aware, right, of who you're with in relationships and being crystal clear, mm-hmm. right? But that mindset of, because you want a teammate. That's yeah. my thing. What a cheerleader. Right? A buddy of mine told me this. He goes, dude, he goes, my wife is my tag team partner. Wow. And now, are you a fan of wrestling? Sure, something. You see, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, yeah, I used to be. But tag teams, those, those, they were legit because when one got tired or got in trouble, he had somebody to tag. So I think in relationships, you want that. You want to find somebody that, that has your back, somebody that's for you and you're for them and you're working together. Now, I know life can get hard and life can happen, but I think if we're crystal clear and we're connected together and we're working on money things together, as well as anything else that comes your way, that to me is, that's the sweetest thing ever. Wow. Yeah. Have you ever had a, a, a scary time in your relationship where you're like, oh, I don't know, we, we're building this wealth together, but we're, our, our relationship is in jeopardy. Mm. What am I going to do? Yeah. Have you made decisions? Well, I mean, life happens. I mean, the the situation with my youngest son popping up, Mm -hmm. right? I don't think we naturally grow together. I think we naturally grow apart. I was working with a couple. They've been married 30 years. Part, uh, uh, marriage. Marriages, yeah. I think they naturally grow apart. Oh, yeah. I think you have to intentionally grow together. I was working with a couple. They were married for 30 years, raised three kids, had a net worth of $3.5 million. But she said something to me several years ago, and it kind of sent a chill up my spine. She goes, Chris, we've been successful in business together. We've raised three kids, and we got money. She goes, but I woke up one day and realized I was married to a stranger. Wow. Right? He said the same thing. A stranger. Right. So that meant that they were so focused on achieving that they hadn't really committed to staying connected. And so they talked about how they were doing date nights and they wanted to make sure they were getting back to. And that just reminded me, yeah, we don't naturally grow together. We naturally grow apart. We have to intentionally stay connected. And so that takes effort. And it also takes two people. And sometimes you got one that maybe is done or or won't. And that takes some some tough things. You know, you need to do some counseling and talk to some people. But you have to make decisions, right? You have to be clear. And it takes courage to make decisions. Cowards stay and just stay, right? They don't speak their mind. They don't have dreams and goals. So I, I want people to be courageous in life. And that's in dealing with great things as well as tough things. Do you think anyone could be an everyday millionaire? I know they can. Even if they have hundreds of thousands in debt. Yes. Even if it looks like, man, there's no way out. Yes. I'm screwed in my relationship. I know. My finances, my family, like I'm on the wrong side of town. You still think they can It's possible. Talk to 10,000 of them. The stories in here of what these people overcame, it motivated me even more. And I'm already a motivated person. But people that were told that they couldn't. People that were told that they shouldn't, uh, that it wasn't possible for them, that they didn't have the right education, they didn't have the right job, they didn't make enough. These people all stayed focused. And I'm talking, they were every color, every every nationality, every socioeconomic status. These were people that believed. And so that's what this book is about, being intentional, being consistent, and most importantly, do these three things. Believe that you can. Okay, you have to do that. You have to believe that you can. You have to gain knowledge on how. What are the things I need to do? And then our personal everyday habits. You got to learn those. The budgeting, the getting out of debt, saving and investing. These are all things that set the course for anybody to become an everyday millionaire. Mm, I love it. Make sure you guys get the book, Everyday Millionaires. 
how ordinary people built extraordinary wealth and how you can as well. Lots of great tips, strategies, myths that will be busted, mindset stuff. Make sure you guys get the book. It'll be linked up. It's online. It's on your website, which yes, is chrishogan360.com. And you're on social media. All of it. Chris yeah. Hogan. 360. 360. Yeah, okay, that's cool. me. Um, Final couple questions for you. This one is called The Three Truths. All right. So imagine it's your last day on Earth many years from now. Okay. You get to pick the day. All right. You've lived the life you want. You've achieved everything you want. You've, okay. You've seen your mission, your legacy continue to grow. But at some point, let's just say hypothetically, you got to go. All right. Lewis, this is this is hardcore. I know, man. All right, man. Come on. There. All right. Um, you've written every book you want to write. You've said it all. But for whatever reason, you got to take your message with you. Mm. You've got to take your work with you. Okay. Hypothetical. But you get to leave three truths behind. You get to leave a, a message with three lessons <sighs> for the world. Okay. This is that all they would have to be remembered by. Okay. For your message. All right. So if you had three truths that you would leave behind, what would those be? Wow. Believe in yourself. Control the controllables. And number three, go all out. I think those three things are things that can help anybody in anything, mm -hmm. in relationships, business, and money. And I, I would tell people, yeah, believe in yourself. Control the controllables, which means there are some things I can't control, so I can't worry about it. Control the controllables, and then go all out. Yeah. Just go 100%. Right. And just go, go out there, go for it. Don't wait on anybody to sign your permission slip because you get to sign it. Just go all the way out. And I think my goal would be for somebody to bump into one of my boys 15 years from now after I'm gone. And they say, hey, I met your dad once. Mm. I heard that man talk and he got me to believe in myself. Wow. He got me to try harder. I literally just got the chills. That's a legacy. I literally got the chills because I can only imagine what that would be like having kids. Oh. And having like... You know, because I've seen that with my dad where people come up to me and say stuff about my dad. That's right. I just gave him a chill. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you, Chris, for your consistent dedication on serving people. I appreciate I think, that. I think it's when we find people that their mission is service, that's the highest level hmm. of living that we can do. That's, that's right. something that I try to do in my life is just be on service to humanity at the hmm. best way that I can. Yeah. I'm never perfect. That's right. But I continue to try to be on service. So I acknowledge you for that. Thank Helping you, sir. people do something, which is one of the hardest things to do is understand money, yeah. managing it. It makes us lose confidence in ourselves. It hurts relationships when we don't have it figured out. Hmm. So you're in the right place. I appreciate your Oh, heart. brother, I appreciate that. And uh, I hope we stay connected for a yes, long sir. time, man. Well, Final question is, what's your definition of greatness? Ooh, I think definition of greatness is your legacy. I think it's the people that you've impacted, the people that are around you. Yeah, I think it's 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 definitely the impact you have on people, the legacy. That's what I'm going to leave behind. You and I both are authors. Mm -hmm. The books that we write, we're going to outlive us, right? They're going to be on the shelf. And so 100 years from now, somebody pulls off that book, one of yours, one of mine. I want them to read something that encouraged them, mm. right? I don't know what they got going on in their life. I don't know where they come from. I don't know what's happened to them in the past, but I do know that they're in control of their future. And that's what I want them to believe. Mm. Chris, thanks, man. Thank you, brother. Appreciate, Appreciate you, brother. man. There you have it, my friends. Gosh, I love when we bring on inspiring people who just open their hearts, reveal all, and give us practical wisdom on how we can improve our lives in different ways. This one's all about becoming an everyday millionaire. If that's something you want to do, 
then make sure you apply this information. Check out his book. The full show notes are at lewishouse.com slash 751. And all I want you to do right now is send this link to one friend, lewishouse.com slash 751, or just grab the link on your podcast app and just text that to one or two friends who you know are looking to earn more money. Do it right now. Post this on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm at Lewis Howes, at Chris Hogan 360. Let us know what you enjoyed about this the most. We'd love to hear from you, and we're trying to spread this message far and wide to help as many people as possible. I love you all so very much. I'm so excited about what we are building as a community. We're building a movement of inspiration to bring light and joy and love into the world. And I thank you for your support and listening every single week as we are constantly upgrading, constantly improving, and bringing you the most empowering, inspiring, entertaining individuals in the world to help you unlock your greatness. My man, who is... I'm dreaming of getting on this year. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, said success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come. This is true in your finances, your health, your relationships, and your life. I love you all so very much. And you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hey, parents. Greenlight is here to take one big thing off your to-do list, teaching your kids about money. With a Greenlight debit card and money app of their own, kids and teens learn to earn, save, and invest. You can send money instantly, set flexible controls, and get real-time notifications of your kids' money activity. Set up chores and put allowance on autopilot to reward them for their hard work. Then learn about the world of money together. Get one month free when you sign up at greenlight.com podcast. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley. For the love of home. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie. And we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.